Blog Talk Radio. Aloha, everybody. This is Jennifer O'Neill, Hawaii psychic Jennifer O'Neill, and joining me today is my co-host, Debbie. Hello, Debbie. Hello. How are you today? Good, good. Good. How are you doing? Um, I am doing better in my, for any of those of you who don't know, which would be most everybody, um, my son has went and moved to California yesterday. So, um, yeah, super excited for him. He's really going to have a great time, which, uh, basically is really a good premise for the show today. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Perfect. Yes, it's perfect. Yes, right? Um, no, I've gotten a pretty good handle on that over the years. But <clears throat> anyways, the topic of the show is really about worry. And it's something that um, me and Debbie both felt felt like that w- would be a good topic to address. And so we're going to talk about that today. And, you know, when we're talking about worry, <clears throat> I find that... It doesn't matter if you're a parent or a mother or a father or even a, a teenager. There tends to be, and I kind of feel like more so than ever, a lot of worrying going on. Everybody's worrying about everything. They're worrying about the economy. They're worrying about um, their sons and daughters going off to college. They're worrying about, is my son and daughter ever going to do anything out of college uh, you know, they worry about a lot of things. People have a lot of worry on their plate. And I think that that's actually one thing that most people have in common. And because isn't it, it's fun, kind of funny and interesting that when you run into those people who really go with the flow of everything and don't worry about much, they really stand out to you, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. They tend to be like, wow. How do you do that? That's like, wow, that's really cool. <laughs> and so, um, anyways, we're going to talk a little about that. Um, one of my favorite phrases to uh, worry less, enjoy more, because more often than not, things will work out anyways. And that's really true. I, it, I'm going to run you guys through an exercise in a minute um, or towards the middle of the show on how to prove to yourself, because that's really where this comes in, how to prove to yourself that more often than not, things will work out anyways. And if you think back, although a lot of people don't like to do that, but to things that you were worrying about yesterday, or better, last week, if you can remember what you were worrying about last week. But see, a lot of times people don't remember. They worry, 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 and then they just forget about it when it works out. You know what I mean? And, yeah. you know, you know, because you worry about little things, right? You worry about, am I going to make it to that appointment on time? Um, it, it, is my kid going to get an A on this test? Is uh, is my paycheck going to come at this time? Uh, is, is anybody, is my family going to miss their flight? You, do you know what I mean? And so if you think back to probably how many times you worried over the last year or let's just even say the last month, it could be something, even if you took last month, it could be something like you worried 300 times. And I bet for the most part, you don't even remember 1% of what it was you worried about because they didn't come to fruition. So I think I think it was Albert Einstein that had said something about, um, oh, no, it was Tom Sawyer, wasn't it? The, when he said that um, most of the most 
uh, horrible things that had happened in his life never happened. Something right. like that. Yeah. Right. The scariest. That's a good one. Yeah, and I love that because it's really true. And so people worry way too much. Uh, I'm not immune to this. I grew up in a family of warriors. The, the women all worried. And so when I was young, I sort of adapted that. I, I'm better now. I've, I've worked my way out of that quite a bit, actually, from this exercise that I started when I was in my 20s. And so I don't worry near as much as I used to. But when I was younger, I used to worry quite a bit. And the thing with worry is that it doesn't change anything. Or does it? That's what I always tell people. Because what happens is your reality is your perception. And your perception is formed by thoughts, beliefs, and experience. And so worry is, what is worry? Worry is actually a thought or concern based on a fear that is accompanied by negative emotions. Now, if you think about that, it's a thought or concern based on fear that's accompanied by this emotion that's in the body. When emotions accompany your thoughts and images in the mind, so these thoughts are concerns, and they're strongly felt in the in the body, it really creates a perfect storm of worry. And the problem with that is if anybody knows about the law of manifestation, um, the law of attraction, or any of that, you're solidifying with your spiritual body. Once you start really feeling that in the body and just being really sure that um, this worry or fear is going to turn into something, once you start really feeling that, it, it it sort of begins, what it does is it begins to solidify that in the spiritual body as a fact. So what happens is worry is a general concern. Worry is, if you want to break it down, worry is a general concern of an outcome of a situation that is not based on fact. But, and, and it's backed with no substantial proof of the outcome that will indeed be negative. So your worry is based on nothing. It's not based on a fact. It's, it has no substantial proof that it's going to happen. But your mind goes, so your mind goes straight to what you think is going to happen with no evidence that it will. And then it manipulates your thoughts to just figure out how this negative event's a possibility. And so, you know, you, you're you really sitting there worrying about something that you don't know is going to happen one way or the other. There's no proof it's going to. You're concerned. And so you just start thinking up all this stuff. You start figuring out, your mind starts figuring out, okay, how could that happen? It could play out this way and it could play out that way. So what happens with that is a number one problem. But the second problem that you have with that is the more you worry and do all those things that I just said, the more worry will solidify itself in your mind as a belief or fact. And so that's a problem because it accompanies the the feeling in the body. It starts to solidify it as a belief or a fact. So you start with a worry that's based on nothing, really. It's just a concern that something negative may happen. You start to wrap yourself up in it so much of this concern that your mind starts playing it out on how it could happen. And then all of a sudden you see all these things, how they could happen, and all of a sudden it becomes a a very strong belief in your mind that it will happen that way. And that is really interesting to me because when you get to that point, and this is what's interesting to me in my own life, because I started thinking, why does your mind, why does my mind always go to, like, it's almost like I, it, it, from being around people, from hearing other people who worry, from me growing up in a family of worry, like of the women worrying all the time, it's like that your mind automatically, you almost, when you worry about something, you almost want to try to figure out how 
this negative thing can happen. And so why do you never figure out how that can happen? Why does that always happen? That used to make me crazy. So when you get to that point, what's interesting about a belief is now a belief means that you believe and you're certain or that a certain outcome will happen in the future. And the the thing with a belief is they may or may not even be realistic. So your mind just starts going crazy time on you at this point. And again, you have no substantial proof that things are going to turn out the way you expect them to, yet you're still expecting it to turn out the way in which you believe it will. So it's like a it's like a catch-22. So people are worrying way too much about things that are not even really on the radar is a possibility for any reason. They just go to the first negative outcome. And why do people do that? Well, I think that they do that because they want something to happen so badly in one direction that it almost feels too good to be true. So you really start wanting this certain outcome in a positive way and that just nothing positive ever happens in your life or you know um, people around you will be going you know well you better have your your bases covered in case that doesn't happen so you're always trying to back it up with something else other than the positive thing happening in your life and so then you start to worry that this positive thing's not going to happen it just becomes less realistic that maybe the positive thing would happen versus the negative thing happening so then all of a sudden you start worrying about it you start worrying um well what if this well for instance my son moving to san San diego moving to california you know as a mother as um or even if your kids go to college or those things one of the first concerns is you want them to have a good trip you know you want them to be able to adapt to their surroundings and the reason for that is because you go to your own experience your own experiences are there's usually been places you've had a hard time adapting to and so you don't want them to ever experience those things so you worry about it you know you want it to be good you want it to be happy You know, the simple fact of the matter is when it comes to a situation like this, what I've come to realize also is that's not, everything isn't always going to work out perfectly, but it does most of the time. And when it doesn't, that's how you learn. That's how you grow. That's how you become just smarter. That's how we become wiser in our old age. For, For instance, one of the things my son did before he left, (laughs) had I not let him do this, um, he actually got a tattoo the night before he went on the airplane. Have you gotten a tattoo ever, Debbie? What's that? Have you ever gotten a tattoo? No. No. Yeah, me neither. But I have you had friends that have gotten them? Yes. Okay, yes. And the amount of pain and they swell and all that kind of stuff. Yes. It, you know, before he left, I was a little worried or concerned that this was not the best idea, but because he's getting to the age, I want him to start learning from his own experiences. Because if I were to tell him not to do it, it would be a control thing on my part. He would believe. It wouldn't just be because I had more experience, right? He would be like, okay, you're trying to tell me what to do. And he's, you know, we wouldn't argue about it or nothing, but that's where you get them going the other direction. So he makes this tattoo appointment. He thinks he's going to be home in four hours, which is weird because it's like his fifth tattoo. And he gets home at 1 a.m. And he's like, worst idea I've ever had. Worst idea. Like he goes, as an adult, 
that was a learning experience for me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I see that I actually had to have him repeat it. I'm just uh-huh. like, seriously, just hear you say that you, you made the worst idea? That was like, <laughs> your you know, I told him something else, then I would have just been worrying too much. Mom, you worry too much. He tells me that all the time. Mom, you worry too much. You'll be fine. And, of course, when he went on the airplane, um, his because of tattoos and whatever, and he got it on his foot, um, which you know how your feet can swell on an airplane anyway. So oh, now yeah. swollen, and he has to deal with that. And so he gets to the place, and he tells my friend, yep, this was the worst idea I ever had. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> because... Yes, his foot swollen. I'm even a little bit worried about that today. But the, you know, tattoos. You, that's what happens. He, he learned. Uh, he, he'll, it'll, the swelling will come down. He'll never do that again. I mean, he loves it now. He was he even loved it after he got it. But he had learned from. So it's things like that that we worry about. And, and to tell you the honest, God truth, um, you know, I, I worried about it a little bit, allowed him to have the experience. And now that it's swollen, I'm, you know, as a mom, you worry a little bit more because he's not where I'm at. Um, but the simple fact of the matter is the swelling will go down. The tattoo will be fine. You know, I, you don't hear many people going to the hospital because of tattoos, whatever. And so, you know, it'll all turn out okay. And the worry would have been for nothing. And he learned a really important lesson. Does that all make sense? Yeah. And going back to... To when you were talking about um, it starts to solidify when we worry, we we hold on to that, and it can also wreak havoc on our bodies. Oh yeah, it as well. Hor- that's a it's a very good point. Um, what worry does when you when you begin to play out? It's really interesting. If everybody could really take the experience that they have when they worry about something and turn that into a manifestation process into something positive, they really get what they were missing when they're trying to do the law of attraction. Because when you start to worry about something, you turn it into a whole experience. Your stomach starts turning. You start Mm -hmm. visualize it in your brain. You start to play out the negative thing, almost like a role-playing thing in your head, right? And your body begins to mimic how you would feel when it turns out this horrible way. You know what I mean? So you begin to mimic um, this negativity and, and, and how you're going to handle it when it turns out terribly. And, and, you know, you begin to role play in a sense of this future event, but it's all in your head and in your stomach and in your body. And so then many times you can actually create a, an outcome in that manner. And people don't realize that they can, but you really, really, truly can because now you've, you've role-played your mind, your body, and your spirit all into the experience. And when you do that, that's really powerful. That's moving forward. That's what you want to do when you're manifesting things. That's what they teach you to do when you're doing a law of attraction manifestation. You're role-playing it in your mind, your body, and your spirit. You're, you're moving forward as if it's fact. Well, people do that with worry as well. So when you do that, some of the things that happen is, you know, people get um, stomach upset. They get um, anxieties. They get uh, what what it really does is it also um, makes you under so much stress or it allows your stress level to come up so high that that brings your immune system down. And anybody, mm-hmm. you know, so basically it makes you more susceptible to anything, whether it be colds, flus, 
um, t- tummy upset, just anything of that nature, just because worry brings a lot, a, a lo- load of stress, a bucket of stress with you. And so you want to be really aware of that. And people know that they're very uncomfortable physically when they're worrying. They don't, they don't want to have that upset tummy. They don't want to have um, all these, you know, the, the trouble breathing or anxieties or just that tenseness that you get. You don't want to have that. And if you do do that long term, it begins to wear on your system to where you can just have all kinds of high blood pressure, you know, things of that nature that becomes a product of worry. And so you begin to have a lot of other things that happen. And so we have some other things that we want to talk about with worry, but let's go ahead and take a call that we have really quickly here. Call from area code 913. Hello? Hello? 913? All right. Well, maybe she doesn't know she's on, so we'll just let her hold a little bit longer. 913, if you're there, I'll check back with you in a minute. So the other thing that you want to do is try to catch yourself because worry is always based on fear. And fear is, is really powerful. The worry worry is based on fear, and so you spend a lot of time going into negative scenarios. You you really want to stop yourself and realize what is it that you're afraid of happening. Uh, you want to try to figure out, you know, you, what am I really afraid of? Like, for instance, let's just take my uh, son and the tattoo, for instance, because that's an easy one because we just talked about, or or him moving to there, moving to San Diego. One of my worries would potentially be, okay, maybe he goes there and he it's not what he expected it to be and he's unhappy where he's at and the experience wasn't fun for him maybe or that you know, he wasn't sure what to do or didn't get his feet under him in the way that he should have. Okay, maybe that's where those are some worries or fears. But, you know, when you break it down and think about it, those are all things he needs to learn and experience from. You, maybe he does go there and maybe he has a hard time adjusting. Maybe he does go there and he's not unhappy or not happy. Maybe it's not what he expected. But the simple fact of the matter is, if it's not, he'll just change what he's doing. I know this about my son. He'll just do a 180 and go, all right, this isn't working. I'm going to do something else. So really that worry is completely unfounded. It's it's even with him getting the tattoo before he goes that his potential foot could swell up or, or whatever. He could be in a lot of pain. And guess what? He is in a lot of pain and his foot did swell up. <laughs> it's it's going to be okay. See, that's the thing that people worry Things may turn out in a negative way, especially if you worry about them a lot, but more often than not, it's still okay. It still turns out like there was no life-shattering event. People learned from the experiences and learned from those different things, uh, and things basically still turned out, out okay. If you still are alive, if you still have basically good health or health that you can recover from, um, it, you know, if you still are in a spot that you can get up and move forward in a positive way the next day, you know, really things are okay. So uh, I was watching a show the other day, and I have to uh, bring this up because things being okay really changes via your perspective. I don't know. Have you seen that show, Downsized? 
No, I haven't really seen that one. So downsized, and it's with everybody in the economy right now. Uh, they had a construction company. I think that they're in Arizona. They had a construction company, and they have like seven kids. They got married, merged their family. They're like the Brady Bunch. And what happened is his business went from something like $1.5 million to 500000 to nothing in three years. And so now these kids on the show are constantly worrying about paying rent. They're worried about paying rent. They're, the show is about them downsizing and learning how to adjust all their expenses and learning how to um, make different choices. And honestly, watching the show, uh, they're really not making great choices still, but that's part of the show, I, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. They're doing some things like the woman still drinks a lot of Starbucks coffee, but then they show her figuring out how that's not a good idea. Uh, you know, she's, they have a financial planner that tells them where to cut expenses, but it, it's interesting how many things that they worry about. And I don't know what it is that they're ultimately worrying about, probably from living a high lifestyle to really downsizing into a, a small, not such a high lifestyle. And the fact of the matter is you can always still come up from that. You can you can stop. Many people in this economy today don't realize, and I know many of them myself personally, that were in the construction industry, one of their worries is, you know, selling off everything they own and getting down to the basics and not living that lifestyle they used to live and and worrying of how people will look at them and they're very uncomfortable not being able to go out and spend this and live the lifestyle they were living. But once you come down and minimize everything down to the bare essentials, you can rebuild, you can come back up from that. And so that show is really kind of interesting because it's, well, they're, in my opinion, they're doing a horrible job of downsizing because you got to see the house that they're in, that they can't barely pay rent in half the time. And, and the kids know a little bit too much about what's going on in their situation. But if, if they didn't, you wouldn't have a show. So I'm sure that mm-hmm. it's really good. But so that which brings me to my next point. Worry is also being too rigid in your thought pattern. Uh, when you worry a lot, it's believing that there are limited outcomes to any given situation. You, you're really limiting yourself. And it's really true. You only worry about certain outcomes happening. You, you very limit yourself, limited outcomes. And you spend most of your time focused on the worst possible outcome. And with the truth be told on this, there's so many variables to every outcome that it would be actually mind-boggling if you sat down and played out every scenario in your head. So people need to understand that, first of all, worry is based on fear, so you need to figure out what your fear is and begin to address, okay, let's just say that did happen. How can we recover from that? You want to go to that place. You want to go to, okay, let's just say the worst possible thing happened, um, you know, like the San Diego thing. My son was totally unhappy. What would happen at that point? Well, he'd move. Uh, what would happen if you downsized everything into this little teeny unit? Well, you'd rebuild. Because you built a business one time before, you'd begin to rebuild. And so let's move the fear out of the way by figuring out what it is. And then let's stop being too rigid in your thought pattern, which is figuring out there's so many variables. Well, this could potentially happen. Um, we'll use the San Diego thing again. Maybe my son goes there. He's unhappy, but maybe he works through that when he learns area and there's a time period for adjustment. Maybe it's a short period of unhappiness. Do you see what I mean? There's so many variables to any given situation. Um, what is it that you worry about a lot? You know, you were talking about before coming from a pattern, uh, a line of warriors, uh, the women in your life, and that is exactly how I was. 
my mother worried, my grandmother's worried, and, and so I would worry. You know, it's from the second, you know, like the kids were born, I would worry about every little thing. And then I realized, I realized how to break that pattern because, like you're saying, nothing is going to come from the worry. And then the worry is just a projection of something's going to happen. And what had happened was through all the years of worrying about the kids, they they can sense that and they can feel that. And, and then um, my youngest daughter, she started to get a little bit of anxiety and uh, just something was, she has a severe nut allergy. And so she carries an EpiPen. So for me, that cranked up the volume on my worry. I would worry if there was a walnut within a 10-foot vicinity. And I realized that that absolutely was, you know, not the right thing to do. Nothing good came from that. And it made her stressed out. So I had to really back way up and trust. We have educated her. Um, She is... She has the tools, you know, to in case anything goes wrong. She has her Benadryl. She has an EpiPen. She's very, very careful. Thank God everything is pretty much labeled like crazy these days. But I just had to learn to cut that pattern, stop that worry, and trust and trust in the decisions that she was going to be making. And that made everybody feel better. Well, everybody I- feel better. How long has she had to carry the EpiPen and had the major allergy? Since she was four. (laughs) She's 17 now. (laughs) She's carried it. And how many times has she had to use the EpiPen? Let me knock on wood. None. See, that's it. There we go. Like, that's a Mm -hmm. perfect example. Yes. She has never had to use it one time, and if she did, she'd be totally prepared because she is educated. She's 17. She She's a smart girl, um, and that's that's why she has the EpiPen, and that's why she's been educated. But 13 years, had you still continued on that pattern for 13 years, and I get that as a parent. I totally get that. But you, you're right. It, at some point, you have to just let go. You really do. And I have a good exactly. example. I want you to tell me if you have any others, and then we'll we'll take some callers here. But like my grandmother, God rest her soul, but I I love that woman. She was she was like a a mom to me. It was so interesting to me that woman had six properties, six homes, and she were she rented all these homes out. She from from the whole time that I was. Um, old enough to know any better she'd always had these six homes she'd always rented them out they were all paid for and she worried about money all the time all Mm -hmm. the she constantly worried about money she worried about losing it she worried about not having enough now granted she did grow up in the depression and that did do Mm -hmm. people that were older but she had six homes she could have sold one at any point in time had it gotten that bad, but she still had her Social Security. She had her income from that. She lived fine, She but she lived so frugally because of that, and she probably had the six homes because she lived frugally, 
But it, it always amazed me how she worried about money all the time. And those houses never were empty. They always, always stayed renters. And I'm talking long-term renters, like two, three, ten years, like long-term. But she worried till the day she passed. She really, really, truly did. Um, and is there any other major worry that you you have? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So when, um, when we were living there in Hawaii and I was photographing weddings and uh, I was working with my mentor, Arna Johnson, and everything was going great. And she had a cousin who was getting married and she said, okay, I'm booked on this day. Can you photograph my cousin's wedding? And this was in the beginning when I first was getting started and, and gaining confidence and gaining clients. And that was like my first little send-off from her. And I was so worried. I was sick to my stomach. But once I got there, you know, once the camera's in hand, you know what you're doing, you know, is very professional. It flowed and flowed. And it was perfect. It was great. But back then, that was when we were using film. So then afterwards, I got the film, and I was so worried until I actually saw the images, you know. So and back then, it took it took a couple of days to get fully processed and everything. So during those couple of days, again, I went back to that place of worry, and literally, I mean, you could feel the heat coming from my stomach. That's where I hold and carry my worry that I used to. And it was, I will always remember that because it was for nothing, it was absolutely for nothing. You know, I got the pictures back. Everything was great. Clients were happy. And that was another huge turning point, a, a huge, huge lesson that, that that projecting that worry, I could have tricked myself all up if I, if I didn't shut that off somehow. And then right. afterwards, having that manifest in my body, literally you could feel the heat from my stomach just from worry, from, from nothing. So that, and it, that was a huge lesson. Right, and it turned out okay. And that's really the point. It turned out okay. And, you know, I really want to do this exercise soon here so that we can or tell people about it. So don't let me forget to do that, Deb, before we get off. But let's take um, another caller. We have area code 205. Hello, Huff. I don't know what's happening to our callers, if they can't hear or they're just listening. How about uh, area code 267? Aloha. Can you hear me? Okay. Well, we may be just having some callers that are just listening. So anyways, yeah, those are really good examples. And one of the things that I noticed, which is interesting to your last thing, is it seemed like it was sort of tied to your new venture and your... Um, I, I want to say self-esteem or your confidence level in yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think that people do worry uh, when they're trying try, trying something new and really bringing out, you know, whatever gift that they have. And you really have to just take a leap of faith at that point. You really mm-hmm. have to still just take the leap and hope and wish for the best and know – that, you know, you were trained well, that you did all the things that you knew were, you know, what you were supposed to do, and you just did it the best that you knew how to do at that point in time and and have faith that it's going to work out. 
that's something that's interesting that happens with people who open businesses too and things such as that or switch careers you know a lot of why people do things like this is based on intuition or a passion that they have and people always say well how do you know how do you know it's going to work out and you know first of all if you have a passion for it for, well let's be frank you don't know you you don't know unless you see somebody like me or you know you really don't know and so you have to take a leap of faith and but the thing that i always tell people is is this like when it comes to I want to address this for a minute because I I feel like it's important in this economy. When it comes to developing a skill, following a passion, opening a business, taking a different career path because of maybe the economy has caused you to be laid off or lose your job or, you know, whatever, but you, you want to get yourself out there in a different way. The thing is, but you're too worried about what if it fails, what if it doesn't work, what if I'm not good enough, yada, yada, yada. You really need to ask yourself, would I regret this? Will this be something that I regret if I don't do? Will will I look five years from now and wished I would have taken pictures for that wedding had you not? You know, because let's just say you worried so much about the wedding that you didn't take the pictures and you were just like, oh, no, I can't really do it or I'm not sure I can. You know, would that have been something you would have regretted because you never would have known the outcome? Oh, yeah. 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 And I you can't get that back. You can't go back in time. There's no way to do that. And so you really need to when you worry yourself up into a knot like that, um, if you're going to move forward, move forward with confidence. But. Just take a leap of faith. That's really, really important. And so one of the exercises, um, and, and people need to realize, too, before I get to the exercise, actually, since we have a little bit of time, worry is normal to an extent. Like, everybody's going to worry about it. You know, you're going to worry about things here and again. It, the point of this program is not to put worry completely out of your thoughts and good God, you're going to worry if you're a parent. I don't know how that you can't, but the thing is, is it's okay to have it come into your mind and it's okay to do that, but you don't want worry to hang out and occupy your thoughts more often than anything else. That doesn't work very well. You know, that turned that manifested into something completely different. So, one of the ways to break yourself of the habit of worrying is it's it's a really good trick that I learned a really long time ago. I feel like I'm old when I say really really long time ago. <laughs> but anyways, is it's really it's a great thing and it, it what it does is it helps you understand some of the things that you're worrying about that are really going to turn out okay anyways. Is you take a piece of paper and you write down everything that you're worried about right now. You write down I don't it doesn't matter if you're worried about bills, if you're worried about school, a relationship, um, your kids, a job, something that's happening at work, whether you want a promotion or you think that you're going to get laid off or something, you you just take everything out of your head and you put it down on paper, everything, everything you can think of. And you want to make sure you put everything down that you can think of because that's a cool part about the experiment. So then I want you to seal the envelope. And put it somewhere you will remember, like maybe by your bills or whatever, or I don't know, just someplace that you know you'll remember, with a date on it to be opened in three months. And in three months, you go back to the envelope, and you will be shocked 
at how many things have turned out just fine or was like a moot point altogether. And I did this when I was younger. I started, I learned this experiment and I thought, does this really work? Like I started really going, I really wonder if I'm what it how this is going to work for me. Like, am I really worrying? Because at the time, I thought I really am worrying about important things. <laughs> I'm worrying about things that I know I should be worrying about, right? And so I wrote everything down on this list, and I put it in a sealed envelope and and put it in a cupboard. And for you know for weeks, I remembered a lot of things I wrote on the list. And then by the time it comes to like three months, or I think I opened it four months later or something, by three months, you you don't remember most everything that's on the list. In fact, it, I, I was shocked at when I opened it. Some of the things I'd written on the list, I didn't even remember. Like I, I was so, it, it was so foreign to me that I was like, really? This, this was a worry? What, whatever, that didn't even, that was nothing. Why did, why was I worrying about that? It was the most hilarious thing to me to open this that much, that long later. And then I did that once or twice and I started realizing there was so many things that I had gotten myself into the habit of worrying about on a daily basis or weekly basis that were just so, such a moot point that I, 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 that really helped break my, my habit of worrying is because I, they began to seem silly to me. You know, does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah. That's a great that's a, exercise to do, to oh, physically it's see. Yeah. yeah. Well, and because it's in your own words, mm-hmm. it's very personally addressed to your own situation in your life. And so it's your own teaching experiment, experiment to you. Mm-hmm. So anybody who's on this call listening to this podcast I really want you to do this because it, you'll be shocked, and it's almost funny. I was I was surprised. Like, I expected to go into the list, and there was, like, I expected to have, like, three big things that maybe still hadn't been resolved because that's another thing. I tend to worry about things that I don't think is going to be resolved in a timely manner, you know? So, like, they're going on for way too long, and there's no end to the stress of whatever situation I'm talking about, you know? And so I would think, oh, this isn't going to be resolved, or I just figured I'd open it three months later. They'd be still things that were on my worry plate, you know, and I they would have had valid concerns because the things I was worried about happened that way. <laughs> I laughed at some of the things I was worried about. I remember just giggling at, like, Ser- really? This I, It made me poke fun at myself, and it was really funny. At the time, it wasn't funny at all. But yeah. looking, I was just like, this is hilarious. And then I was also surprised that there was a few items I remember that I felt like were long, longer term worries that we're going to probably go into when I opened up the the um, envelope again. Mm-hmm. And everything on the list had already resolved itself, everything. There wasn't one thing that I was still worrying about. It had all resolved itself. And nothing had turned out badly. Not one thing on my list had turned out badly. Nothing. They had all actually had a way better outcome than I had ever expected and would have ever expected when I wrote the list. Isn't that fun? And isn't, yes, that is. And isn't the key to that exercise and the worrying and the fear is just to let go, just to let it go. Oh, absolutely. That's so hard for people, though. But that is mm-hmm. so 
I think that this exercise really helps is because I find, and I find that myself, um, people worry about things like, am I going to make it to this appointment on time? Um, did that show record? Am I going to have time to make dinner? I forgot about doing the laundry. Oh, man, I never picked up um, my kids' lunch stuff, so how are they going to be ha, have be disappointed and not have a good lunch tomorrow? I, you know, it's things like that. It's like a consistent everyday stuff that you do that people tend to worry about. Of course, you worry about the big things like your kids moving away and whatever. But if you think about it, I mean, what, like for instance, what do you think that you worry about, like on a weekly or daily basis? Do you remember anything you worried about in the last day, couple of days? Uh, wow. Let's see. Yeah, quite a bit right now. <laughs> In the last couple of days, well, we have this major project, uh, which is our TEDx event coming up on Saturday. And it's not that I'm projecting worry, but it's just there's a lot going on right now. Um, so, and then always, it's always, you know, the um, kids, too. Not so much kids anymore. But right. So it, it's it's not a, a, a huge major projective worry. It's just a, oh, someone hasn't checked in. Um, and then I start, I, I don't start to worry, but it's just kind of, you know, if, if again, if we miss a curfew, it's like I go, I'm thinking I need to trust, I need to let go, and I go through all those little steps now. Yeah. Trust, but, let go, I but, know she's safe. Do that gut check that we have talked about before. I know she's safe, and I know she's coming home, and, and she'll let me know if something has come up or whatever. But um, I think, like you said, it's, it, it will come up every day. It's right. just a matter of how we deal with it. And not allowing it to occupy your thoughts. Exactly. Not allowing it, letting it, like you said, letting it go. Allow the worry to come in, allow it to be there for a minute, and allow it to work, go out. Don't – I always mm-hmm. – don't park it there. Don't park it there. Let it drive through. Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. park it there, it's stuck in your system. And what I mean by that is it's stuck in your spiritual body, it's stuck in your mind, and it's stuck in your physical body because it begins to manifest. That's when it's a problem. Don't allow it to park there. Allow it to just drive through. You know? Right. And right now, I personally, I'm at a place where. I have just really learned to let go of, of that worry and, and just trust and take that those leaps of faith. Keep moving forward. And as you said before, worry is based on fear. I it, it's a, it is a hard thing to do, um, but realizing that the worry, the thoughts, the fear, it's nothing tangible. It's it's there's nothing there, but when we move forward and take action, it kind of dispels all of that. Right. And like you said, you did your exercise and everything you, you wrote down about what you were worried about and then later looked at it three months, that is, that's a great exercise to break that pattern. Yeah. And um, that's, that's exactly where I'm at right now. I know... I know everything works out. I know if I think something should work out a certain way and it doesn't and I'm 
constantly trying to move forward in that direction that's not that's not flowing, I learn to just step back and realize there's there's another route to where it is I need to be. Right. Well, and I have to. There's a couple things I was thinking about too when you were talking about your uh, your stuff. You had been worried about with the TED event with my son moving. I had been worrying about. Okay, is he going to get everything he needs? Is he going to forget something like his charger? Is he going to do? You know, what if he does forget something important to where I dreamt about it the night before? And, um, you know, is my thing is always I always want everybody to have a good flight because that six hour flight from Hawaii is always such a long one. Is he going to have a good flight? And the most hilarious thing is I started thinking to myself, what if he does forget something? I I <laughs> to him like this whole post office thing we got going on, you know, <laughs> eventually <laughs> there. What I did to um, so I just would put it out of my head is I said, give me your phone. And I just jotted a list down on his notepad on his phone, and I made a list of everything that I wanted him to just check off or in his mind, go over, make sure he had all that and his carry-on before he left. And once I did it, I was good. And I thought, and I let go because I thought if he did forget anything else off the list, put it in a mail thing, I'll just mail it to him. We're we're good to go. And the flight, you know, because he made the horrible decision to get in the tattoo, he was up so late that he slept the whole entire flight but 20 minutes. So... <laughs> Just like um, these little things, you just, you know, for me and as a parent, you always want your kids to be safe, to be comfortable, and to make good choices. Okay, well, most of the time they're going to be safe, especially if you educate them and they're they're smart people. Um, and they're let's face it, they're just not going to make good choices um, always. That's how they learn. That's how we learn. And they're not going to be always be comfortable because we're not always comfortable, and that's how you learn to make better choices, right? But we have to know that, that they're temporary and that, again, not park it there. Because most of these things that you worry about are really temporary situations. Mm-hmm. Things that are they're temporary. Um, the flight is temporary. The, um, you know, if he forgot something, that's temporary. If you're late to an appointment, it's a temporary situation. It is what it is. And you get there when you get there, right? And then two months later, nobody even cares or remembers. Um, you know, the, these types of things, they're usually temporary. The next thing you know, that's what that's what I noticed on that piece of paper is those those things that I had worried about were so temporary to my life at that moment three months ago that they meant nothing to my life really essentially for the most part three months later. That right. was, That was another thing that was really interesting is you become in such a different place three months before. Then you do three months later, you know? Mm-hmm. That's really cool. But the kid thing, you know, the letting go is really what you have to do there. I, I think that you're really, you know, on to something with that for sure. But it's not easy. It's, it's not, not easy. It's, yeah. It's not easy. And it's, it's you know, different tools work for different people. And so and it is a practice. It's definitely a practice, especially if you grow up with the worry or if you're worried all your life, all of a sudden to have someone say, oh, let it go. And then, you know, there's, it's, it's hard to, to break a pattern, it's, but it's absolutely um, doable. It is doable. And one of the thing, hardest things that people have when they're trying to learn to let go is um, when, you, when you let go, you must relinquish the need for control. 
Mm-hmm. You want that's true. Yes, you want to control the outcome. You want to control the situation. That's huge, right there. Yes, and the the problem with that is most of the time is you know when you're worrying about like or let's just say about flight or something, you know, I can't con- control all those aspects of all those people and all the things that they're doing. You can't control, you know, your daughter and and the traffic and the things that are happening. And you want to be in control. And so it, it comes to a point where then if they do something that made you upset, it can be like, well, you should have left earlier. You should have done this. You should have done this. So I wouldn't have worried. You should have, should have, should have. That's all control. And so you must relinquish the need for control. And if you mm-hmm. um what would it feel like if you released the need for control over other people and what they were doing and you just let go? Like everybody, even your children and you just because your children are basically adults as well as mine. You just allowed and relinquished the control and you just allowed them to be the, if you sit there and think about that for a minute, it just you all of a sudden you will have a feeling of just things coming off your shoulders. It, you have a exactly. feeling of relaxation that comes over you it's because freedom. Yeah, when when you're trying to control an outcome of a situation, like I said, it always involves other people. And you when you when you're working with stuff like that, it, what happens is you're excuse me, you're working with resistance a lot of the time, you know. Mm -hmm. So those people are not in a state of flexibility. They're in a state of also, you know, wanting to do their thing and control their situation. So what happens is everybody, you know, is trying to fight for control of, like, like, let's just use your daughter. Imagine that she um, was a little bit late. Let's say she was 10 minutes late or 15 minutes late, and you know that she wants to be there, and it makes you a little bit upset as a parent, although I'm sure you don't say anything. But I know it gets frustrating where you're thinking, why can't you just leave a little earlier? <laughs> and you may not mm-hmm. know that, but I always think the same thing, but they don't. And she's struggling for a little bit of control in her life, you know, of, well, I'm an adult, and I, I'm safe, and you should know me by now, and I have a phone, and everything's good. You know, so there is a little bit of her wanting control over what she's doing, and you wanting control, and nobody having control over p- other people driving on the streets. Um, so there's all of that, and so it becomes a uh, it becomes where you're trying to force something to happen in a certain way, so it doesn't work really well. The other thing that I find very interesting when you're when I'm talking about relinquishing the need for control is control is an illusion because mm. they don't people don't realize this, but you control is all an illusion. You will never be able to control anything, any situation, or anyone without consent. I don't care if they're 81 years old or two years old. It, Can you repeat that? What you just said? You uh, that control is an illusion. You will never be able to control anything, any situation, or anyone without their consent. Mm, that's good. Ever. Um, I, like I said, I don't care if they're eighty-one. I don't care if they're two. Like there, there has to be consent there for you to even think that you're controlling them. Like, let's just say, well, I have a four-year-old little brother, and if I tell him, although I don't tell him a lot because I spoil the kid rotten, but let's just pretend <laughs> if I did tell him he couldn't have a brownie before he ate his lunch, um, 
you know, he could sneak around my back and do it anyways. But the thing is, is that I have to, you know, he has to re- give in to what I say to him unless I physically, you know, he can't reach it or something. Uh, your your 17-year-old, you could tell her till you were blue in the face all day long to be home by curfew. But if she doesn't conform to that, if she doesn't give you give her consent and go, okay, yeah, I live in your house. I'm going to be there at a certain time. There's nothing you can do. You really have no control over anybody unless they agree to it, unless they, you know, um, unless they consent to it, unless they go along with it. There's no controlling anybody unless you take your hands and physically force them to do something or, you know what I mean, or force them or keep them from leaving the house or something, which is ridiculous. But you see what I mean. <laughs> well, people it's that they that's what's interesting about a lot of people is they think well i've controlled this situation or i have control of my household or i have control of my kids or my work or whatever and they think that you know that's a thing and it's like well you really don't you have the consent of all the people around you who's decided it's too much of a pain in the butt to go against you at this point you know what i mean so mm-hmm. and when you let go which we were talking about, and when you relinquish your need for control and when you decide to let go, the coolest thing happens because what happens is you're no longer trying to force things to happen. And what that means is you're no longer pushing and forcing against the universe and forcing against everything. You're not trying to force things to happen. And that doesn't work very well with the universal laws. You You cannot force things to happen in that manner. What happens if you let go and no longer try to force things to happen, what happens is you relax into a state of allowing. Mm -hmm. And when you relax into a state of allowing, you go into a state of receiving. So instead of trying to uh, force things to happen, you let go, relax into a state of allowing, and things will begin to naturally come in a more positive way. They things always want to work out universally. They really right. do work out in a positive way. Where I see most of the problem is is with jobs, with the economy, with all of these things that people call me for, is they're always trying to force things to go a different direction. Always. Um, for instance, people searching for jobs, they don't go search for jobs that they would love and enjoy, and based on you know based on what they hope to have happen and then just relinquish that to the universe and go keep applying and go do other things. They don't just keep moving forward. They try to, they worry about the jobs that they really decided that they want. They try to force it to happen. They, they get upset if it doesn't happen. You know, there, there's a whole level of forcing there. Um, You really just need to let go of the outcomes and allow things to, to work themselves out. You know, you do what you can, you take action, like you said, you said you take action um, earlier on in the show to do all the things that you can do. And just like for me with my son, I asked him to give me his phone. I wrote everything down in there. I didn't want him to forget, handed it off, let it go, decided, well, if he forgets something at this point, we mail it. You know, so you take a little bit of action to do whatever you can if you're worried, and then you let it go and you move on to something else. Not easy, but it can be done, right? Absolutely. So, um, do we have any? Do you have any other comments left on this before we wrap it up? 
you know, it's funny. I was getting the uh, visual of when you were talking about control, and there was a um, about six months ago, I was taking a road trip with someone, and I was the driver. And this person, it was hard for her to see the passenger. And she, it was so funny because she was not critiquing my driving, but she would put on the imaginary brake. Or she would, you know, <laughs> go back and say, now I'm a very good driver. And it was funny because I finally had to say, I'm in control. I'm driving the car right now. You can relax. That's so, <laughs> It was, I mean, talking about different types of letting go and being in control, it was just, it was funny because I don't think she realized what she was doing, but it was starting to stress me out. Right. <laughs> Having her be, you know, the second driver. But it was funny. And when I when I mentioned that, when I finally said it and spoke my mind and spoke from the heart, she goes, Oh, I didn't realize I was doing all that. Right. Yeah, that's... We had a pleasant drive. (laughs) People have a hard time with that. They do. Yeah. 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 And just for everybody out there, if you would like to do a consult, you can find me on Hawaii Healings. That's with an S, hawaiihealings.com. And go over and check out Debbie's website with her bloomies and all of that on ilovebloomies.com, which you're going to have an events thing calendar on eventually, right? Yes. Okay. And then uh, make sure that you add me and Debbie on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, you can do that for from either of those sites. And also, if you'd like to learn more, I really did a, an article that's uh, six signs to being an uh, of being an empath. Um, that I did on, uh, this is on inspirationalexaminer.com, my blog. You can find that from my website or you can just go to it. Man, I got a lot of feedback on that. I got a lot of emails thanking me and wow, that really. Yeah, that was a great, great article. Extremely informative. And I put a new one out uh, on energy vampires, which another thing I got a lot of feedback on. So, Go over and check out the articles if you would like to. Make sure you uh, add us on Facebook and or Facebook, Twitter and Facebook. <laughs> okay, today we won't normally do that. We'll be back on Wednesday next week. So, um, I guess that's it. So we. All right. All right. Let's we'll have see. a worryless day. <laughs> day. This weekend and go do make go yes. make everybody. Debbie, you can too. Go make your list. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jen. I'm Aloha. Thank you, everyone. Take care. Bye.